Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. When all is right in the world, we have homeostasis. Homeostasis is the tendency towards a relative, stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. However, when things are not going right, when you get anxiety, stresses, issues, things that come up, it's often due to the cognitive dissonance. That is that something's come that has disrupted the homeostatic state. Now this is not a bad thing because this is nature's early warning sign that something is off path and we use this in all facets of our life by challenging our bodies at a physiological level and challenging our minds at another level we're able to make adaptions and change things as we need to. Yet this can turn into an internal conflict and we can manifest this in many different ways. So the question remains, how do we resolve this inner conflict? There are two primary approaches. The first one lies in pragmatics. Essentially, that is looking at adjusting the course, mitigation and concessions. So for example, if you are in a relationship and you feel guilty about X, say spending time away from your partner to do your sports or exercise or whatever it is, what's that all actually about? Do you really just adjust and test and see how the changes go or do you dig further? That's where we get to the root and that's what this episode's about. The second approach or B is looking at the root cause. So rather than looking at the problem, we look at the systems and that's where the change happens. So if you have an analogy of a dolphin and they're dying in the sea, the first approach is saying, well, this dolphin has acute respiratory failure and it's to do with the fact that there's oil in its lungs. Or the root is that you look at the sea and you notice that, well, there's an oil spill and therefore he has respiratory failure. You remove the cause and then you can solve the problem. A bit of a sidetrack though. Firstly, we have to understand a few things. Number one, we have to always remember discernment. Any system, any advice, any guru who goes out and says that there's a one blanket approach for everything is usually wrong. The fact is that there are things that are urgent and there are things that are important. But these things, as you'll see in the seven habits of highly effective people, become less and less frequent as you deal with things proactively. Number two is that there are seasons for everything. And the season that you should focus on is first aid if it's ultra important. And then you can work on systemic changes. But if it's not urgent, go to the root. And that's where being proactive actually really counts. So what is the root? The root is so called because it leaches deep down and it gains its roots deep to get its nutrition to support the tree. Now, if you have no root, you have no life. 
They say that in Kung Fu, you need a good stance. And once you've got that stance, you can generate the power that you need. So if we destroy the root or we destroy the base or we destroy the foundation, then we are able to isolate the problem. Now, obviously, the root can be all important in building ourselves up. But if it's planted and it's taking things away from you, you have to examine what the root is and destroy that in order to deal with the problem itself. The takeaway is this, we can destroy the root, thus killing the maladaptive behavior or thoughts. But a word of safety, it's always important to identify the intentionality behind it. Because often you'll get these micro programs that are designed to protect you. Only once you really transcend to the level of intentionality can you really get to its true characteristic. And that is basically a four-step process. Number one is identifying what it is because once you've labeled it, you've got something to work with. Number two is identify what you may do with it. And this is putting it within a positive frame. Number three is identify the negative issues that come from it. And number four is to check to see what this would actually mean if you change things up. So how this would translate in an example would be with someone I've worked with recently who said they had massive guilt from working out instead of being with their family. And so that was their problem, number one. Number two is identifying why they did it. Well, the fact is that by working out, they became fit, healthy, they enjoyed the joy, they got rid of stress, it gave them something to look forward to, a whole host of reasons. Number three was looking at the negative issues behind it. And the fact is that he was just getting nagged by his partner nonstop saying that she hates it all the time. And so number four was looking to see what it would mean if he changed things up. And essentially, if he did stop it, then maybe he would miss out on all those benefits of being fit, healthy, joy, stress reduction, and all of that sort of stuff versus the wife who is not happy with the situation. So the conflict becomes more and more obvious, and that is the fact. Is the motive for number two or number three more pure? Number two, is it really your motive to get all of those wonderful benefits, or is it something that you want to be away from the wife? Or, if that is the case, number three then becomes a focus that the fact is that the wife hates it. Why does she actually hate it? Do you do 1,500 hobbies already and is this taking away from the relationship or is it neurotic from her point of view? You have to get a bead on it and then if it's not you, then it belongs to her the problem. The reference to motivate, persuade and influence will become all important here because that allows you to increase your communications to work through these sort of problems. So if you need help with that, just refer back to the episode called motivate, persuade, and influence a few podcasts earlier. But essentially the takeaway is this. The root or the system will be the issue that continues to cause the cognitive dissonance in any problem that you face. Number two, always do the first aid. Treat the problem first if it's urgent, but only treat it if it's urgent. If it's not urgent, Treat the cause. And the best analogy for this is the iceberg. You see the little iceberg at the top, you know, underneath, you've got this massive problem underneath. 
and that is the part that we need to address. In reality of all of this is the fact that 90% of what I'm talking about happens to be intrapersonal. Intrapersonal means that you're going to have to stand up. Intrapersonal means that when you stand up, it means you're not standing still. So you're not going to be walked on. You have to actually represent yourself. You're not in such a comfortable place anymore. By standing up, the five minutes that it takes to actually get up and put yourself out there is actually way easier than the psychological fatigue and the subsequent warfare of just deferring it for years and years. And the best reference I could give to that is that wonderful audiobook by Teddy Atlas. He talks about fear, as I've talked about in the past, and he talks about the fact that that standing up, that fighting, that getting up hurts way less than the years and years of regret. And he talks about how that translated into the way he trained champion boxers. So if you haven't had a chance, check it out, Teddy Atlas's audiobook. So finally, just to conclude, we need to have a paradigm shift. Cognitive dissonance is not a bad thing. Don't ignore it. Don't compromise. We have to have it treated head-on with action. And we must learn to start fixing these problems. Once we do this, the urgent situations become less and less. And not only that, you start to develop a sense of control. And as I always talk about, once you get that sense of control, you have that metacognition, you think about thinking and you think that you can work through any situation. And from there, you can actually be the hero of your story. You can tell others and call yourself the person that you need to be, that you actually have this. You think about your thoughts, you become that person and then the real changes take place. So don't be scared of cognitive dissonance, just realize it for what it is. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.